in order to get to a certain point, audio has to become much more important to people. We're saying, oh, it's not that complicated, audio, but then we're like, recording a live event, including ambient audio, recording voiceovers, recording people's speeches, picking music. This is a big subject. They don't have a, their fingers on the pulse when it comes to music. And they just, at the end of the day, just don't have good taste. And that would, that's what I would say is yeah. like a lot of people just have bad taste. And, and maybe this can be your come to Jesus moment. If, if you get great at your audio and focus on audio in 2022, you're gonna be able to charge a lot more. Well, and, and you're I'll tell you, if you, if you suck at it, you certainly, it's gonna be obvious. You're creating a ceiling for yourself. Let me get right in my bed. Uh, why you gonna try to get mad? Uh, everybody wanna keep up. Uh, don't you know I move too fast? Uh, I'ma zip zip right past. Uh, trip trip all on my swag. Uh, Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wedding Film School Show. Uh, my name is Jared and I'm here again with Jason McCutcheon in the house. Someday I'm gonna get to do that intro. You're never gonna get to do it. I have a monopoly on it. <laughs> um, Jay, one of these days um, we should record uh, this podcast um, before lunch because I feel like after lunch I just it's a little wall. sluggish. Yeah, like we had a really great meeting this morning. We talked through our class at WPPI, which if you haven't signed up for, you should do that right now. Log on WPPI. Uh, com. Uh, <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Look, you Google it. You can't go to weddingfilm.school forward slash WPPI and get all the relevant links. <laughs> Do that. Um, but man, after lunch, after like a sub, I'm like dragging. I'm like, I hope this is going to be good. <laughs> But we do have a really cool episode today, um, and it's one that we've never actually really gone into depth over. What, what are we talking about today? Well, so we figured, like, let's just talk about audio and um, capturing audio at live events, of course. But then, of course, like, the point of capturing it is to put it in a film and to create, you know, a wedding film, whether it be multicam, kind of long-form editing, or it be a highlight, like creative highlight, you know, Audio is one of those subjects that I think you get massive amounts of questions about, whether it be on a message board or when you're talking to someone. It's one of the things that when I work with an assistant like or any new filmmaker, like how could, they could shoot film for two years and still have no idea what they're actually doing. They're just following directions. And so I think a lot of people really struggle with audio. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I would also add to what you said, not not only kind of locally in the wedding film community, but it's also questions I get asked when I'm on the phone with brides a lot is like, what do you guys do for audio? Do you guys have backups? There's a lot of, you know, elements to recording great audio. Um, I always tell brides, like, honestly, the video part is second nature. The audio part is probably one of the hardest things we do. And, and I would say, Probably one of the hardest things we do consistently, even though I think over the years it's become easier and easier and easier. Um, so we're just going to talk about really all the different aspects of audio. We're going to talk about, you know, picking music. We're going to be talking about what gear is kind of fresh and, and why. We you were thinking just calling it things. the audio episode. Yeah, we'll see what the name. We'll is see, being, we'll but, see. But you know, when I was thinking about this subject and talking to people about it, the, the irony is that we're recording audio right now as a podcast, but that it's actually a really hard subject to discuss because for many people, they don't really have a strong idea of what they're trying to do or why they're doing it. The, you know, like we all know, and I think like the basics are get the formal speeches and all that and pick a song. Which, by the way, we're not just talking about recording audio. We're talking about everything that goes into your film. You know, I think people get that stuff. The question comes in people's mind is, 
I get to a wedding. You have no idea what's going to be there a lot of times. No matter what the couple says, the sound system could be crap. The DJ could not know anything about what he's doing or she's doing. And ultimately, like, you have to pivot and adjust, you know. How many times have you been to a wedding where you hook up the sound system and then some wedding band comes with their own sound system in the back? Mm -hmm. The violinist or whatever. Do I want that recorded well? Yeah. I have to make that decision right there. I have to say, do I have time to go record that? How am I going to use that in my film? Should I go put an audio recorder on just the musicians and an audio recorder? Like, those are the types of choices that people are making where a lot of times it's a lot of pressure. And I know firsthand because I've been around enough of our second shooters and newer filmmakers to know, like, a lot of times they make the wrong decision. Mm. Like there's a like a level of panic that comes with audio because you can't see it right in front of your face and it's just not the sexy thing. Audio why do you think so many filmmakers like don't become experts in this area of what they're trying to do? Um I think probably because most of us are visual um visual people first and foremost. Like we want to make a good looking image before we even think about audio. When you are like Think about audio engineers. You think about a very specific type of person, right? They're usually, and, and even the people in our industry who are like the audio, you know, files who are just like incredible at what they do. They're not really known for their, you know, filming and and you know, kind of having the best looking images. They're known for their audio, and so I, I think there's, um, a, it's a different skill set that we are like. Well, if we have to do it, we'll do it. Well, I guess, because I have to. But honestly, I think most people would rather just throw it away if they were given the option. Well, and I think that is somewhat true, is like, do you even have to have good audio? Sure. Uh, You know, there's a school of thought that would say no. You know, I'm pretty good. If you didn't know, I have a, I'm a musician. I have a background in the music industry as a failed musician. I've been (laughs) a worship leader in a church. And for many years, I have... A lot of sound experience in terms of recording audio, building recording studios, all those things. So I have a bit of an advantage over other people, and I try to keep that in mind when it comes to, like, come on, why don't you know that? Of course, of course, proximity effect, of course. But that being said, I have been stunned at how many people really don't know how, don't know why they're doing what. Mm -hmm. They're just like, well, what's the best setup? Yeah. I've literally seen people ask in a message board, what is the right setting for my DR-10? And I'm like, okay, I get what you're trying to say, but like, what is the input gain? Yeah. Like, it's just... People don't have the vocabulary. They don't have that basic understanding because it's just not something that... Honestly, I, I've pulled up a, a microphone before and I'm thought, you know, what does this even do? I have no idea. And I'm not going to go home and I'm not going to think about like going on Google and trying to figure out what it is. It's the last thing on my... What about these switches my, on the back of this microphone? Do you yeah, know what they do? Yeah, no, no idea. <laughs> no idea what they do. I know you've touched them, and honestly, if anyone's kind of benefited from you being, you know, an audio nerd, uh, it's probably me. <laughs> um, because I, I, I'm not going to go back and Google. You know what I'm going to still do? I'm still going to be, like, color grading. I'm going to go on YouTube and be like, how does John Stambaugh get that awesome color grading? Like, I want to know what he's doing. Like, I'm a visual person. Like, First and foremost. So. Well, and, and I think and every there's a lot film... of photographers that go into video too. So who, they literally have 
no education whatsoever. It's like one of the biggest things I think video or, or photographers who move into video have a hard time learning. Visuals have some like set best practices, mm -hmm. but there is a lot of room for like your opinion mm -hmm. on a good image or a good composition or a good action in the shot. Audio is not really that way. Mm -hmm. You know, there is some things that are good that you can be like, oh, do I want a little distance from the mic or close? But in general, it's just good or bad. And I think, you know, that to me is very liberating. Like, all I got to do is know these basic things. All I got to do is know the amount of people that don't understand, like, what, like, a, like a gain structure is and how those things feed into each other. Um, they're, they're, it's a little stunning to me, but but now I'm kind of accustomed to it. I think, and so I'm thinking back, right? Do you remember when we when we first started? One of the things that revel, like allowed wedding films to happen is field recorders like the H4N. Yeah, like which is still around. Still it's around. Still kicking. Still a good device, to be honest. I I could still shoot weddings with that thing, mm -hmm. and and now we have even. They're trying to make it stuff easier and easier for everyone, and I think that's a good thing. So I think like you don't need to understand everything. That's fine. Now we have like you know Zoom is just releasing the F3. It's a t I think it has two inputs, two uh, XLR inputs, and it's 32-bit float. Which if you don't know what that is, it basically is an audio file that has the ability to maybe peek it out a little, record a little low, and then fix it in post. It's a really cool technology. We didn't have that, so we had to nail it. Yeah. I, I, when we first started, this was 2010, we had an H4N, which the battery life on it was awful. And, and it would die very quickly, and we would have to record these hour-long ceremonies. We're in New England. There's a ton of Catholic ceremonies here, so an hour long, you would have to put fresh batteries in. And by the time you were done, it was down to that last bar. So you're getting really close. And if it stopped, if, if it ran out of batteries, it wouldn't close the file. It would just corrupt. It would corrupt the file. Yes. And so we were like, the, the handy recorder was awesome, but you really had to do it well. Otherwise, like, you had to be checking you it constantly. So, like, I think some of those disciplines have helped us. We haven't really changed how we do stuff, which is like afraid of our audio. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that we're using, remember, uh, we, we still have them the uh, Sennheiser um, lavalier microphones, which would just have that crack of audio like randomly if someone brought their cell phone oh, yeah. you know walked by with their cell phone it would just you know every single you know every five minutes or so just oddly and randomly and you could set it up and they're set, not cheap either. and they're like 800 900 for a pack of, of you know for yep. one microphone so it was expensive and it was um hard to get very consistent and audio. it was just bad yeah so we developed a whole list of tools and ways of handling it that I think make things a lot easier nowadays. Um, and, and, and I say all this to say, if you're listening to this and your eyes are rolling into the back of your head, um, sorry, but also <laughs> it's a lot easier now than it used to be. Yeah. So, so, so let's hop into something that's uh, maybe a little bit fun because we just did this poll on uh, the Facebook group and on YouTube uh, asking about field recorders and, and what people are using in the field in 2022. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's what's the hotness that everyone's into? The hotness, I mean, pretty much um, the, the standard is going to be the Tascam DR40. It seems like 
probably close to 40% of people are using that device really? in general. Oh, yeah. I think it's yeah. noisy. Um, 44% of people on YouTube said the Tascam TR40. And probably, yeah, 65 out How of... How high is the DR10? Um, the DR10. DR10 four votes on Facebook. DR10X. So maybe people just thought they had to pick one, too. Let me, yeah. let me say it this way. Um, let's think about audio as a part of your film and not just as a thing you have to do on the, when you're at the wedding. And what do I need to make my film? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, I don't know anyone who's just using one recorder. No, no, m- multiple recorders. And, and I think the standard kind of arsenal th- these days is going to be field recorder and then some sort of like lapel style recorder. Um, this could even be a, uh, a lavalier style microphone where it, like something like the um, uh, Rode Go 2. Um, that seems to be a very common option these days as well. Um, along with like little handheld microphones as well that maybe you put in like a mic sleeve or something. But you have an arsenal. You have options uh, to be able to play with uh, on the wedding day. So, to so most people, is. I think, just to re, sorry. So just to kind of re, re-encompass that, we, most people, I think, are recording probably with a field recorder that has balanced inputs. If you don't know what a balanced versus unbalanced input, one, basically a normal... Most people say, oh, a guitar cable, an instrument cable is unbalanced, which in a microphone cable is balanced. It has three connectors. The more a balanced signal way lets you run it longer. B, less susceptible to noise and interference. So balanced is better. If you can get a balanced input, better. Um, unbalanced, you can still survive with. But most people have a field recorder that can record on line level signal, which line level is a lot hotter and a mic level is a lot quieter. So line level is what you're gonna get from the DJ. So they have a line level recorder with XLR inputs that can record a balanced signal. And if even it's even better if it has combo inputs. And then I think most people have some kind of lavalier mini recorder. So it's not a lot of, like when we say lavalier, lavalier mics, a lot of times you're really talking about transmitter, receiver kind of packs. I think we use the language kind of interchangeably, but a small mini recorder with a lavalier attached. A la- lapel microphone, I think, yeah. is uh, probably pretty commonly used. It, yeah. Lavalier is different, for sure. Most people are having some kind of small mini recorder on the groom, on the officiant, usually two, I think. And I think that's probably standard. And then you can start getting into people who are using time code, people who really swear by on-camera microphones as well. Um, there, there's, some, I think, some variance there. But in general, I would say... Record a line level signal, record something on the subject, which saved our butts on Saturday, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I think, I don't really think you have to have a shotgun mic. To no. me, it sounds the same as the camera microphone in a lot of ways. Yeah. So the, the way I think about recording an event, like a ceremony, is a lot like recording a band, right? Like as a recording, or maybe like miking a drum set, like you're miking all these different parts. So that in the end, you can mix this thing and you have options. Giving you more of a palette to work with. Yep. Like, I I think standard for most people should be probably recording like four to six channels of audio of the ceremony. And that's for redundancy's sake. 
And then it's also for being able to get just a great mix at the end of the day. And when I say four to six channels, you know, you could have two or three of those channels be on your field recorder. It could just be your LR microphone on your field recorder. Yeah, a lot um, of them have built-in microphones. Yeah, it could be, you know, a couple different inputs into your field recorder as well, and then different microphones, like lapel microphones. Um, you could even weirdly, which I've, I haven't really seen people do this, but you could put a shotgun mic on yeah. a stand. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mentioned redundancy. You know, I think when you're recording, like the thing that the challenging thing, especially for newbies that are first starting off, is you quickly realize, like, hey, if I'm recording on my camera, I'm probably not going to be able to monitor this audio at all. Not easily. I just have to send it. And then, God forbid, somebody, you know, doesn't bump up the input on that's one like of, the number one problem right on on one of my channels um because then i'm not going to be able to go over and, and fix it so having that redundancy is is necessary um and and you learn that pretty quick what are some like, things i can't believe that dj screwed me yeah or that band member screwed me it happens it happens i would say almost on a weekly basis to us well and it's like there are times where it's like oh they screwed you and other times it's like you screwed yourself, though, because right. you didn't test the audio at the level right. that it was like. So when you tested it, the guy's like, hey, are you getting a signal? No. OK, yeah, you're getting a signal, but you have ears. You know he's not talking the yep. level that those people tell him to talk louder. Yep. Like, so let's talk about that one big issue. You need good speeches, good audio. We haven't even talked about letter readings or any of that stuff. but. Yep. You know, you, you're having to work with the DJs. What are some things that we do to kind of sh make sure that no matter what the DJ does, our direct recording feed or is going to be good, but more also that we're going to have something to work with from each of the ceremony and the reception? Yeah. So I'll go through our exact setup. Um, we talked about some of these items, but... Obviously, a field recorder. Typically, we're plugging that into either a mixing board or the the back of the speaker, um, the PA system that that's going to be you know used by the efficient and the people up front. Um, and then we also have a um, lapel microphone on the efficient, one on the groom. Some people like to mic the bride. We are not one of those people, at least not yet. Um, and then we also have an H2N that we will. Um, which is essentially like a, just like a record. It's basically a, a big microphone. It's a microphone. Yeah, it's a recorder with a microphone on it, and we just put that in front of the speaker, and that's really like our backup backup source. Um, and then sometimes it's also I'll nice. use that one to record like violins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, if you know, it's a little bit of an audible microphone. So if there's like this random source that comes on, and and you know the brother's gonna play acoustic to the bride walking down the aisle, I have a little microphone I can just put on a little gorilla pod and, and stick that right next well, to the guitar. You brought up a great so, thing right there with that. Yeah. The brother playing acoustic. Yeah. Why is that important to your film? Yeah, so, I mean, if the brother's going to be playing to the bride walking down the aisle, almost 100% of the time she's going to want to hear that. Um, I mean, there's a reason why she asked him to do that. It's really important to her. Um, and it's going to mean something to them. So that's why you do it, um, clearly. And I think just having that audible microphone to be able to do that, um, sometimes you can plan for it. Sometimes the bride, will, you know, in our creative treatment, she'll be like, my brother's going to be doing this. They don't like, even know to tell you this, by the way, guys. Yeah. They don't know the difference between, like, 
the fact that the guy's just standing on the side yeah. playing acoustic, no yeah. one be able to hear them. They don't know. I, I was going to say, and, the, and sometimes they just won't tell you that. They'll just be like, yeah, you'll be there, right? You'll be recording it, yeah. right? They'll just kind of expect it. And so if you don't record it well, um, you're in hot water pretty quickly um, when you have to tell them, oh, I didn't really get that. Oops, sorry. That sounds terrible because um, I was... Yeah. Proximity effect is a thing. I was 50 feet away with my microphone and it sounds bad. So I think, A, having a, a, a kind of portable, you know, audible um, type thing. And when I say audible, I'm not talking about like the audio like portion football of that. Audible. Like football audible where you're just kind of like calling it as you see it and, and making a change on, on the football field. Um, but that's about your storytelling prowess. Yeah. And that's the thing. That I need people to change their thinking because audio... There's a technical side, and we get bogged down by that. We get bogged down by the technical side, but if you're able to kind of step outside and think about your final film, you can start being a storyteller again, and you can start going like, oh, I need, I need that guy playing acoustic. I might use that in my film. Mm -hmm. You know, changing the way you think about audio is yeah. like, so you're not just being like, here are the rules, I must follow rules, make audio. Yeah. And, and actually being able to know what you need to tell your story and making sure you get it. Yep. And we should talk about, you know, instances and ways that people can use that audio because a lot of people might be like, oh, I would never use that audio in my film. Uh, we should talk about that when we kind of uh, go into use yeah, case. Well, yeah, but, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that that's really like our kind of audio play, the way that we um, try to, to mic all of our weddings. What are some um, things that go wrong at weddings? Right. So I was just going to say, we do a lot of Catholic ceremonies. So a lot of times the officiant, uh, the priest, uh, the father uh, will say, no way, I'm not wearing your microphone. I'm wearing my microphone. Um, a lot of times in these Catholic churches, um, they don't have a PA system I would to plug into. 80% of our films at Catholic churches or more have no direct feed audio. Yep. So what happens, you know, and, and this is the reason why we have multiple sources, right? So even if we're not getting that source, we're still able to do um, different things and, and be able to capture audio that I think is pretty good. Um, the other thing, you know, sometimes I'll even have conversations with the bride leading into the day, like, hey, if they don't have a PA system that we're able to plug into, you know, it, it does limit what we can do. Um, we're happy to talk to them beforehand. We're happy to, you know, um, get there and see what they have. Um, but just know, you know, usually most churches are not going to let us do yeah, so the, X, so Y, and Z. So you're setting, bad thing, setting expectations. The bad thing there is they don't even have a sound system, right? Yeah. They Or, or one that you can hook into. And even if they do, a lot of times it's terrible. Yeah. They won't wear a mic. That's yeah. one. We had happen the other day where the guy's sound system was extremely low quality and very noisy. It's hissy. Yep. Hissing, cracking, yep. terribly EQ'd, bad yep. sounding. Um, also, during the ceremony, uh, there was nothing coming out of the officiant's microphone. Because she turned her mic off. Because she turned her mic off. So, yep. uh, all these things, there's a million different things. I mean, if you've been doing this for a year, you've seen a million different ways that people can screw you with your audio. Mm -hmm. um, that isn't your fault, you know? But what is your fault is not having solutions to those problems, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, I think just having multiple tracks is is super important. You have yeah. to. Well, it's not just multiple tracks. You have to have multiple ways of capturing right. the audio. So we try to do some things. Obviously, we have these DR10s. DR10s, to be honest, that close. I'll give you a little audio theory. Basically, you want to be as close as you possibly can to whatever your subject is, where the audio is coming from. That seems obvious, but it's just true. 
you know, which is why shotgun mics and on-camera mics sound like crap. Because the, they sound echoey and distancey, and it takes people out of the film. Like, even if you hear echo, when you listen to people talk, you don't hear echo. Yeah. You, ec you cancel it out in your brain. You hear them talking. Mm -hmm. So, like, <clears throat> you're better off introducing the room sound in another way than just recording the room sound. So what we do is we try to get that close thing, right? But what also happens with audio is part of the room sound is the person's bad sound system. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, like obviously we, like you had said, we don't have 100% control. We just wanna do the best we can. And I think being realistic and understanding what type of film you're trying to make, I think makes a big difference. Like. When we do these Catholic ceremonies, we rarely use any audio from them. If you don't know, if you don't work in an area where there's a lot of Catholic people, we live in New England, a lot of Catholic people. And the Catholic ceremonies are like an hour long. They typically don't have anything from anyone. Like family reads a Bible verse or does a blessing, but they don't share anything. Nobody's playing music. Nobody's really doing anything. The priest talks the entire time. And a lot of the couples aren't really that connected to it in terms of like, they're not like, oh, I need all this audio. So when we go to those ceremonies, we know as storytellers, we're probably not going to need a lot of this. Mm -hmm. Now we better nail the speeches on those weddings because that's where all our audio is going to come from. When I watch a lot of these Midwestern people who are like these evangelical backgrounds with these Christian couples who are like spending an hour sharing all this <laughs> heartfelt inspirational thoughts, I'm like, man, can you imagine if we had ceremonies like that? I know, yeah. <laughs> like, rarely do our couples that are in the Northeast say super heartfelt things. Yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah, and, and when they do, I mean, coronavirus was, was a case where you started to see a lot more of that, and the reason was they were in front of 10 people. So they were like, oh, I feel much more comfortable. This is much more intimate. But a lot of these weddings, at least where we are in New England, and I think a lot of like city weddings, they're not intimate, guys. They're like, you know, you would think a wedding should be intimate, but a lot of these weddings are just like showing off in front of their friends and then their dad's boss. It's like they're not going to talk about like their most intimate thoughts in front of those types of people. So, um, so you know, the, obviously you would capture that much differently. Well, um, it becomes more important or less important to your story. Right. And right. that's the thing is like we, with what we do, um, we know that some weddings, the ceremony audio is not incredibly important to the story. Um, that being said, I'll give you a, an audio hack, guys. Put your audio on stands. Don't put it on the floor. Don't just put it on your camera. Because if you bring a little, a little light stand that you can put your audio on, and you're in some place with a sound system, and all you can do is go push that H2 against the sound system, That'll save your butt. That has saved my butt so many times is walking up with a light stand. Sometimes a gorilla pod or something like that, but some way of just attaching it to directly to the speaker. I've started to just use a 12 foot stand and like really get it up in front of those speakers. Like literally. The Catholic right churches, yes. Yep. Yep. Put put it an inch away from that speaker, you know, and make sure that you can see your bars and and you know, hopefully you're able to monitor it. Um, or have an assistant monitor it and make sure it's, you know, not peaking. You'll be shocked but. how good it'll sound. Yep. yep. And what I'll tell people is, like, at the end of the day, capturing audio at weddings really has a lot to do with the story you're trying to tell, the story your couple is trying to tell. And, like, all this technical stuff kind of falls by the wayside. Like, you need to know how to do it. But 
you're not just doing stuff just to do stuff. You're trying to make sure you have the tools you need to make a good film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, There's a couple different recorders there too, and I would recommend that you you can get these microphones on any budget. These little backup microphones that I like would 100, just 100, 150 bucks. 150 bucks for the H2N. backup recorders. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, backup recorders. Well, microphones and, and recorders. Yeah. Um, you just put them right in front of a, like a speaker system or uh, we just know. reviewed the Sony micro recorder on the channel. Like, yep. Yeah. Did Bobby do that? I haven't I haven't played around with that one. But, so yeah, it's I, really nice. A lot of people love the Sony. The, there's a task game. PMY, one as well. I don't know if I get the um, name of it. We'll but. we'll send some links then down in the uh, the uh, description below on on some recommended audio that uh, people on Wedding Film School and abroad have used. Um, so if you're starting out your kit and want to buy some new stuff, um, definitely check out the description. What are your thoughts on you know? I often, when it comes to audio, I feel very much like, that's good enough. Yeah. Like, I feel like uh, my exposure, even though we don't always nail it, I don't feel that way about my visuals. I feel like like the freaking exposure needs to be right. Mm-hmm. The white balance needs to be right. Yeah. My audio, it needs to be within a tolerance. Yep. Is that me being lazy, or is that like just knowing what we need from to make the film. Yeah, an order of priorities kind of thing. It's like if your footage is overexposed, uh, they're going to be mad. I think it, it probably comes down to what will upset the bride more, <laughs> right? What will they notice? Yeah, what will they notice more? Like, dude, people have a very low intuition uh, about audio. Like if they hear it, they're like, oh, yeah. Even I'm surprised like people haven't complained. Like if, if we have like a super echoey church in, in a, one of our shots. We will pretty much just ship out, like, we try very hard to do our best, but there's a lot of situations that we can't make great, and we just ship it out and no one says anything. Yeah, even if it's super echoey, people, like, of a full ceremony, because we couldn't hook into the, you know, church's sound system, we couldn't really get a good feed, people will just be like, yeah, that's what it sounded like to the audience. Yeah. And they're much more forgiving. Even though we know, coming out of the speaker system, it was a lot nicer sounding. Like we could have done a better job, but a lot of people just are willing to tolerate. I think worse audio. If it looks bad, that's what people will notice. Yeah, I think, this and I might think just like, be the world of Instagram. But yeah. I think like more just um, it needs to be understandable, mm-hmm. like the like the, um, and then it needs to not be overly noisy. Mm-hmm. And I think you can usually get away with it. And you're not going to win any WPPI awards or anything off of it. And you're not going to get a bunch of compliments. But you're going to have a happy customer. Yeah. And so I do want to, like, take away the anxiety. Because I do think, like, you don't need to be a wizard. You don't need to be some amazing audio person. You don't need to work like at Ryan Coda does at, like, Skywalker Studios mixing dialogue for Boba Fett. Um, it's you Boba just, Fett, Jason. You. I like to call him Baba. <laughs> Sacrilegious. <laughs> Baba Yaga, Baba Fett. But you don't need. So you don't need to. We're not recommending that. What I am trying to get you to think about is, am I giving myself everything I need to make the film I want to make? Right. And so that leads me to my next question. This is not something we do much of, but I know a lot of people. It's a big thing, which is audio outside of the formal events. Um. So the first thing is like just ambient audio, which you're going to record on your camera. We use that in our films. That is a part of your audio arsenal. Don't forget about laughing. You don't, that doesn't need to be amazing. It just needs to have a sound, and it makes a big difference. 
The other one is first looks, letter readings, all those things. Are we lazy with that? Or is, is that just like well, <laughs> about the film that we make? Not necessarily. I, I think we will use some on camera audio when people are laughing as they're, you know, drinking champagne or, you know, the girls cheering while they're, you know, doing a toast on the bed in their pajamas, whatever it is. Like, but we just kind of see that as like, you know, background. But we don't audio. do like letter readings. We don't mic up first well, looks really. Because we generally aren't asking people to do that every single wedding. If someone wants to do that, we will do that and we'll be ready for it. But I would say I'm not trying to necessarily make people do that. I think it used to be much more popular for us and now it's just not as popular. Maybe people just think it's tacky. I don't know. I don't know what this demand is why has gone it's very, down is what I would say. This is why it's very personalized, right? Yeah. It's like, and why you can't just think of audio as like a binary, like, yeah. oh, these are the things you have to get yeah. at a wedding. Because I personally don't really, if I was to pick between a letter reading and a voiceover in my film, I would pick a voiceover. I don't mind. I don't mind letter readings. Yeah. If a couple asked me to do a letter reading, sure, but by all means. Yeah. But it's not something that I, re I don't really encourage it. Yeah. Um, like if someone says to me, like, "Oh, do you need this audio?" I'll say to them, like, "Well, what's more comfortable to you?" Yeah. I'm more interested in them having a good day than capturing that audio. I kind of don't I, care. I do think this is where it comes down to deciding what type of film you're going to be making because the type of film that we're making is is going to be 90% documentation. We want to show up. We want to document the day. We want people to have the best experience that they want to have, that they've decided they want to have. I'm not Alex Douglas in this case or, or Henry or, or pen whoever. Weddings. Pen weddings. where I'm going to say, this is how we're crafting your wedding to make our film, um, which you can totally do. But this is something that you have to be deciding as a director of your film, like what is going to be important here. Um, because uh, you know that film that, that Alex did, for instance, where it was like, you know, they had a French waiter <laughs> that was at their restaurant record some lines for them. Like, and then they inserted it into their film and it was awesome. It was amazing sounding. Um, it just seemed like it was, you know, some French artist that, that was, you know, on the streets reading these, these lines for this, this couple's wedding. Um, we aren't always doing that. So I, I think there are a lot of storytelling elements that you can think about and include in a wedding film. Um, but it's well, just you got expanding what is audio, what what audio looks like in a wedding film. Two things that we've done yeah. when it when it comes to like one was great, one was you didn't love, but the couple loved, and it's interesting. Is like how do you use audio to introduce things into the film that weren't there on the day and like. We did a film where the grandfather was very old. He was not able to attend. It was before coronavirus. He just yeah. literally was stuck in a, a home. This was a Huxley film, right? Uh, yeah. And we went and we had him record audio um, for the couple's film. He did a poem in the middle of the film. And they were like, whoa, my grandfather's included in our film. Like, it really meant a lot to them. Yeah. Because he wasn't able to make the wedding, uh -huh. and it was his house that they got married at. So it was like, yeah. how can we include him without him being there? Audio yeah. was the key to including that person. Yep. Or when we were able to include the voicemail from Kara's father who passed away in the film. Like, 
when I think about audio, of course I want to capture good audio, but there's so much more than just what you capture on the day of a wedding that can make your film. Mm -hmm. And really, like, as a storyteller, like, audio is such a important element that I see a lot of people say, like, who's the best storyteller? And usually exclusively they mean who includes a lot of sound bites. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not necessarily good storytelling. It's just, like, very linear. Right. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Like, if right. that's your career and, like, it's not bad. But, like, there are a lot more ways to include audio and to, to tell a story than simply to just include more sections of the speech or right. a letter reading. I, I think your standard wedding film in 2022, and, and it's been this way for a while, is really get a track uh, at chapters. <laughs> get, get, get chapters. Get chapters. Chapters fast one, chapters slow one. Yeah. Do, the question is, do you include the ooze or the or no, or the no ooze? Uh, yes, that's the real question. So after you make those pivotal decisions, uh, then you decide what your sound bites are going to be, and then you put all the clips to it and you hit export. Uh, that that's your that's your typical wedding film. Yep. The Usually that, in the order that it was recorded. <laughs> yeah. The people that are doing interesting things, and I, I think there are some more interesting. Um, uh, films out there that are going to be including sound bites that are outside of the day, so that's really cool. But then also using sound effects, and also using this kind of like peripheral type of audio, like whether it's you know the girls laughing, like natural audio, um, or just adding sound bites and recording little sound bites. Even the way There's that a you lot you can do to layer it. And when when like when you see that type of film, you're you're sucked in that much more. I do think audio, when done really well. Um, it sucks you in that much more because you're like, oh, this thing thumps. Henry is really good at that. He makes films that have like these extra like risers or whatever, and they kind of like he makes it smack, you know. So when he, you know, he's trying to hit his points. I, I felt that way about um, what was Stanton did with the Iceland film. Yeah. Um, if you don't know films by Stan, yeah. but like I think a lot of um, the best people are are expanding their definition of what audio means yeah. to include it's mainly about what they're doing in post yeah and so speaking of post well hang on before you hop in there too i i would just say you know and and kind of going off what you said earlier of like maybe sometimes it, it doesn't matter as much for it to be your secondary thing I, I would add to that and say i agree with you but in order to get to a certain point audio has to become much more important to people like if you're really looking to level up and you're like, well, I just got my new camera, my footage looks great. Like, how can I get better? Is it my color? Is it? I would say, if you get great at your audio and focus on audio in 2022 and adding another layer of just like great sounding audio and creative audio to your films, you're gonna be able to charge a lot more. Well, and, and you're I'll tell you, if you up. if you suck at it, you certainly it's gonna be obvious you're creating a ceiling for yourself yeah and the other thing is is like stop picking the worst wedding and saying oh well i had a crazy thing like we're all going to have some terrible weddings where we're not able to do our best yeah how do you perform when you can do your best you buy more gear jason yeah that's you, what you, <laughs> I mean, we shot one wedding, one of the weddings you mentioned we shot and uh the the, the person who brought the PA system was like the bassist of the band, 
right? The Deer Island wedding that we yes, shot. That was and that was the wedding I decided I'm buying my own PA system and I'm asking them for all of our Huxley films, who's providing your PA system? Is it some schmuck in the band who's going to do drugs afterwards? Like, or is it going to be me? Because I'm going to care. $50 microphone the guy's using. Yeah. It was clearly, this guy is like half in the bag by the time he gets there. He's just some schmuck. <laughs> and like, or is it going to be me who cares? Well, the irony about like, like that, <laughs> the whole entire way that we do this is like, we invest all this time and effort. We're having a whole podcast episode about audio. And ultimately, some 65-year-old alcoholic <laughs> determines whether or not it's successful. Uh, yep, yep. Welcome to weddings. Yeah, yeah that's what he, But, and so a lot of people will do like, that's why people will like tape recorders onto microphones. Yeah. And do things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, though, like, I think most of the time it is up to you. Mm. Most of the, the world is not conspiring against you. Trust me. Like the most, sure? <laughs> most film, most people want to help you do a good job at weddings. So if you just go in with an adversarial attitude, like you're probably going to get reap what you sow there. But if you just assume like most people are on your team and you respect them, they'll most of the time you can work it out. You could even say to someone like, if you're knowledgeable enough, like you're not giving me what I need. Mm -hmm. Can we tweak this and this and this? I do it all the time. And they're fine. They're like, oh yeah, oh well, we can test it. And I'm like, can you be louder? Can you turn them? Is that how loud you're going to play it? Can you play at the volume you're going to play it at, please? Like, just having those conversations, treating them like part of the solution instead of a problem. Like, oh, I'm gonna, well, this guy's an idiot. I'm going to hook it up like this. He's going to screw me. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you didn't even left. Like, if you don't ask a guy to test it, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. It's your fault. And, and by the way, sometimes you don't get an opportunity, so you better have a setup that allows you. We always split our audio. We'd record one at like six, five, whatever, and one at like three, four. Yeah. And it's the same using exact. A, using an XLR splitter. It's such a basic thing. Yep. It's a $10 part. And it's like it, we, whether it be 32-bit float or maybe auto. I, I don't love auto gain, but maybe it saved your butt in a few areas. I think having one recorder on auto gain is not a bad idea, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, just figuring out things that will help you when crap starts going bad, that's part of what it means to be a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So and and I think going along with that too is having a plan for how long you're going to take to set up audio like schedule it make sure that you have the time to be able to do what you want to do and and know how to set up your gear in that amount of time like There's basically only like a handful of potential scenarios anyway. Mm -hmm. So just once you can kind of evaluate like here's the types of things I regularly face the places with tall speakers that are up in the ceiling with no direct feeds. Places where I plug into the back of the speaker because it's a powered speaker with a microphone plugged directly into it. Like, what kinds of weddings are you shooting? What are their sound systems like? You should know. So all that to say, you're recording all this audio on the day of. You get it into your film. How are you gonna use it? I think is a big thing, you know? Um, how are you picking clips? How are you deciding what gets in the film and doesn't make the film? So for you, what makes a good sound bite? Hmm, that's a good, broad question. Um, Do you want me to make it way more specific for you? Is it a chapter song? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, yes, make it, more, make it more simple. What, what makes a good sound bite from a speech or a toast? Or? So I think the thing that I like, and, and 
if someone's using a speech or or a good soundbite from the ceremony even is um, connection, people connecting with other people. So if it's the brother who's the officiant um, talking about his sister um, that he grew up with and what she used to be like, and then when she met um, the groom, like that can be kind of a sweet um, intersection of, of um, words. Um, I think during speeches, if something's funny and if it's concise, <laughs> uh, that's a big thing as well. Like uh, sometimes the funniest stories are not very concise. Um, so it can be hard to include something that's funny. Um, but I think, yeah, human connection, the things that um, would make you laugh, the things that would make you cry, really, if you can figure out a way to consolidate them into small little bite-sized pieces. Um, I think that's the way to go. And and not overuse not overusing audio. Like I don't like when you know the the video starts with a sound bite and it goes for like a minute and a half. Like because it then it just becomes really boring and it's like well, this person's still talking. Like, they're just saying words. Like, it's not interesting. You want every single thing someone says in a wedding film, to the best of your ability, to be meaningful. Mm -hmm. So when I think about audio, I think there's really three basic types of audio that make it into a wedding film. There's, like, informative things that inform you what's happening right now. I now pronounce you man and wife. That's, like, more of, like, a set piece than it is even actual dialogue it's yeah. just like i almost think that is like a transitional audio yeah. but it is but it's a it's you know informative kind of audio like that that tells you you might decide to include like now introducing for the first time you know who knows yeah clapping things like that and then i think you're getting into um things that are sentimental and heartfelt that reveal who the couple is or who the people are, their personal pieces of audio. I think you get into very personal and heartfelt things. And then I think you're getting into funny, bringing in lightheartedness. And you can actually play with all three in your film to put the brakes on or put the gas on. Like, one of my favorite things to do is to just take something funny and use it as my tr transition point to a party. You know, just using audio to, to keep your film moving or pump the brakes, slow it down, make people like quiet down and listen or get louder in their head. I think you're really dealing with a lot of those things. And, you know, we could even say a fourth thing could be ambient audio, which is a sense of place. You know, whether it be like a foghorn, if you're in some place that has a lot of fog by the ocean or you know, the sound of a river or the sound of bridesmaids laughing. You're trying to make a person like feel like they were there, understand what the event was like, and then who is this couple and what are their relationships like? Audio will do that for you um, in some ways that I think no video, no visuals can do, you know? So the other part of audio that we're kind of gonna glance over, but it is a big, big, big thing, is music. You get all this beautiful audio, but ultimately, isn't music like the most important part of a wedding film? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always say it's one of the main characters of the, of the film. Maybe that's really cheesy. <laughs> but that's what I tell brides um, because it is that important. And um, We know. have people book us just because they like our taste in music. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, and, and it's something that oftentimes takes a lot of time for people to choose because it is so important. 
Um, and so it, it's one of my, actually, it's, it's a little bit of my pet peeve um, when people are like, you know, when you're trying to choose a song and it's taking you six hours and, you know, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I don't know what that's like because we pick our songs in the off season. Um, and this is maybe a little bit of a hack if, if, if you're sick of picking music when you have a deadline and there's a lot of pressure. I mean, it's much harder to pick, <laughs> pick music when there's a gun to your head. Um, what we do every year is we actually go into the music bed and um, Soundstripe and, and we actually um, create our own libraries um, and, and sift out some music that's maybe getting a little bit older um, and, and just aren't relevant Well, and anymore. it's an ongoing, an ongoing process. Like- yeah, every year. Every time we're looking for music, because even though we try to pick a lot of stuff ahead of the season, we do oftentimes go back to the well. Yeah. And that process of like, ooh, like that's a good one. Save that one away. Yeah. Like is, if you're a wedding filmmaker who's doing any kind of volume at all, I mean by like more than 20 films, you're going to run into this issue of running out of music if you don't make it actively part of your like – creative process like if you're picking a song and you find a song that's not right for that film at least save it yeah at least put it in a list like and like have a i have a whole thing of like hype songs sexy songs like i don't get a lot of chance to use sexy songs in wedding (laughs) films by the way jared but if we do i have some bangers yeah (laughs) just wait for that film if i can make that film someday but you know what i'm saying like i already know like two films i want to make in my head with a couple songs. Yeah. That once I get an opportunity to use that song, and I know a lot of people do this too, but like, please be proactive with your music choosing. Don't just get in the middle of the creative process and yeah. then get bowled over. I, I can imagine people being like, well, I just like my art to be organic and like, I, I, I want to shoot the wedding and then I want to pick a song that matches it perfectly. And I would still say, we do that all the time. Like, I think whittling down your choices is actually going to be really helpful to you because it just, just by eliminating 99% of the song options out there and just being like, hey, sexy music uh, or, or fast paced music. Like, Lord. this is the stuff that I just like. Hype. And, and in the off season, when you actually have time, which for us, it's right now, when we have time, going through and just listening to music. Like, I want to spend a whole day just listening to music the entire day. Like, that's a great sounding day to me, by the way. Just going through and, and you know, making song choices we probably for the spend, next year. We've spent weeks, not weeks, it might end up being weeks. Well, between you, me, Kyle, Caleb, we're probably the ones picking music and adding to each kind of, like, library um, that we kind of personally like. And then collectively, we all have this, you know, uh, common language that we're all speaking that we understand like, okay, this is, a, this is stop, go love style music. Um, the biggest change we made to our films this year was the types of music we picked. And like, I know that if I can pick music and I don't need to even tell them the edits to make, mm-hmm. if I tell them like, don't use that playlist, use this playlist. Mm-hmm. I know how the film's going to be. Yeah. Like, because music is that important. It's that informative to the film. Now, do we allow people to choose their own music? Yes. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes, we do. So we had a long discussion with this in the office last week. And I was like, it's happened three times this year where I walked up to my editor and I said, this film has terrible music. This sucks. I'm like, pick a new song. And he goes, the couple picked it. Mm -hmm. And I go, 
well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, we talked about it and we were like, we actually also had a film where the couple <laughs> told us they wanted a certain types of music and Caleb's like, I don't like their music. I'm gonna pick this because this film is awesome and I want it to be awesome. And they're gonna like it, I think. And it's like, we make those kind of judgment calls mm-hmm. all the time. And we kind of, you know, we, we, we reserve the right to do that. But, but at the end of the day, like, there are times where a couple picks a song I don't like. And I know in my head, it really doesn't matter. It's much more important that they're happy. And I'm not spending time doing something that isn't a good use of my time. And so we just let them do it. And I think if you're needing every one of your films to be like a home run, that's probably not good. The other thing we have done, Jared, and I know we've done this in the past. If a couple picks a really bad song, really bad, we have told them like, oh, that song isn't a great song for editing. We, we used party rockers one time when we could license party rockers. They wanted that? They wanted party rockers. They were like, we love this song. I don't remember that. This is back in like 2013, 2014. That's yeah. hysterical. Yeah. And we where's the it. film? We, uh, well, I want to watch go it. Back, man. I'd have to go That's back. funny. Oh yeah, I edited to Party Rockers one time. <laughs> <laughs> but like we 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 don't care because we're like we don't need every film to be like something for everyone. Yeah. Um, there are times where we've said it, and what I would recommend to people is like if you have, a, if someone recommends a song to you that you really hate, don't just say no. Yeah. We come back. We say. That we don't think is going to be great. What do you think about these four? Yeah, yeah. That that's that's the best way to do it. Be like, you know, I will do. At the end of the day, I told you we'll do whatever you want. That being said, I think you'll get the most out of us by doing this or this or this song. What do you think? They will a. They will always say yes. They will I, always say yes. Yes. They they. It's not that important to them. Well, and they like, don't know how mo- to use and, the and, platform like us. No. They're and just like, the, they just pick whatever the top songs are in a genre. Yeah, yeah. They will always defer to you. You are the professional. Like, uh, And if they don't, all right, sounds good. You know, you're like, and you don't have to tell them this. It's but one of these. You know, it just won't be, yeah, dirt off your shoulder, man. I don't care. Like, I, you paid me, and it just won't go on my website. You know, I, I would go back to, like, the person who's only shooting 10 films, and we're shooting like 210 films. So it's like, of course, I don't really care about them. We don't, not that we don't care about them, but we aren't trying to make more than 30 of them releasable. My art isn't more important than their experience and their film. Because at the end of the day, they're the one that's gonna be watching their film 40 years from now. Their kids are gonna have this forever. Um, I promise you, I will not watch their film 40 years from now. So it's like it's important to them. Yeah, it is. And, and forty years from now, I'm sorry. It's and not, not every one of your films needs to be an outward facing film to get clients that way. Yep. Some films can just be for the family, and they love it so much that they tell everyone how great you are, and you get yep. leads that way. Just because a film is not seen by the public doesn't mean it's still not generating leads. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can tell you, if you piss off the person involved, probably they're not going to refer you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. we we allow it, and we're yeah. fine with it, and it's like. We have a percentage of our couples that do it, and we're always grateful because it's like, oh, good. Like, one less thing to worry about for, like, 30, 40 films that we're shooting, and we can really focus on making the other films as good as possible, picking what we love. You talked about it a little bit, but but how do you feel about reusing certain songs in the same season? Oh, I mean, great about it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel – I will say this. Anything that's released, I don't want to use the same song. 
So sure. I do have a rule about it. If, if it's on social media or on our website or any kind of like place where we want to like sh showcase, I don't want to use the same song. So sure. once it gets released, it's like, no, don't use that song. We've released that. Yeah. Um, but I like if I'm sending a film to three people, I, I think there's a limit. I don't know what it is. But if it's a good song, it's a good song. Right. Yeah. I think that... Um Probably not a big deal. Like some people are like, have you done that before? <gasps> Gasp. Like you've just totally mailed it in. No way. No way. I remember we had one conversation one year where we shot probably 60 to 80 wedding films. And we're like, oh, can we please just reuse this one song, please? And then we made that decision. And how freeing that was. We're like, oh, no, we're just not going to release this one. We've already used it. We, we'll give that, and this couple will love this song. They'll be so well, happy. Ultimately, with it. if you think about what is the point of like the storytelling that we're doing, is the point is to make people happy. Yeah. So, yeah. if they like the song and they're happy with it, you know, even sound bites. Yeah. The other day, I was telling my editor, I said, "You got to include sound bites. It doesn't even matter if it's good. Yeah. It's just in there. Like he was like, I think it matters, and I'm like, no." You're wrong. It doesn't, because that couple is never gonna say, "Why did you put that clip of my family member in there?" Mm -hmm. So, if you are like, my personal feeling is, if we record a wedding and like there's nothing heartfelt, nothing funny, all the dialogue is crap, we still have to include a, a, a representative portion of the dialogue. I agree. Yep. Because the point is not to make a film to be marketed or submitted to a film competition. The point is to give them something that will make them happy. Yeah. And they will be happier. And so audio storytelling is ultimately one of the best ways to connect with your couples. How, how would you, um, what would you say to someone who's struggling to, to just pick music that is relevant or just good in general? Like, because you said it before when we were kind of talking about like, this episode is like most wedding film music is terrible. Yeah, or it quickly becomes. I don't know how important this is actually. Cheesy, played tacky, out cheesy. Because it's like, think of it this way: like years ago, we'd. I'm still going to do this, by the way. If you're listening and you made it this far in the podcast, I'll. <laughs> I want to. This do is an Easter egg. This is the part that will go viral right here. <laughs> no. It comes out. <laughs> I want to, well, it might be like, what is he talking about? But if you've been making wedding films a long time, you remember that song, White Dress? It's like that cheesy song. Um, is that the one? Never knew yeah. I could love someone. That's one that we use many times. Yeah, so, I, I so, so it's like a cheesy song. Yeah. That was the one song that I was like, can we please use this song more than so once? So great. It's about, so good. It's about a wedding dress. Yeah. It's like just a little, but I was like, I want to do a, f a film competition called the White Dress Challenge where you have to edit to that song. <laughs> and you, what, you have to take a film and edit to White Dress. And then we all submit a film competition with the same song and see who makes the best film. <laughs> <laughs> who would judge that competition? Um, I think I would try to get um, the actual songwriter. What's it? Was his name? Oh, jeez, I don't remember. <laughs> it's Tim. It wasn't Tim Halperin, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but and then like who? I don't know. Matt Johnson. I would get him to yeah. judge it. Like <laughs> people with a sense of humor. But like I would want to. Like point being. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> I, just, I just went on picking, a random Picking good music. Yeah. yeah, how do you know what's good music? I think, I think it comes down to, um, A, not overly 
worrying about what other people do, but really thinking about, A, I think you gotta be true to yourself and true to your couples. And I think for a long time, one of the biggest things when I'm working with an editor is like when they don't know when a music is appropriate. And I'm realizing like this to me is obvious, but like there'll be this four on the floor, which if you don't know what that means, it's do, 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 you know, four on the floor, the kick drum. And like you'll hear this like banjo, and then I'm like, oh, this is a country wedding. Mm -hmm. And then a uh, person's just walking in Boston. And I'm like, what are you doing out of there? Like, <laughs> that's not the right song. <laughs> like, it, you don't need to have, like, perfect taste, but you at least need to be able to know the difference between, like, when I do film reviews, the amount of times I edit a film where the shooting and editing and the wedding day are not close to the epicness of the cinematic song they chose. Yeah. I'm like, this is weird. You have this, dun, 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 dun. and it's just, like, this guy, like, doesn't even smile and like the the table setting. It's like you see him mouthing. You see him mouthing. When can we go to the bar? He's like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> like the editor is just like the you know the shooting is just at at its very best like flat and boring. Yeah. And then it's got this song that's just way over the top. And they're like, this is my problem with a lot of outsourced editing and outsourced editors. It's just like they don't have a, their fingers on the pulse when it comes to music. And they just, at the end of the day, just don't have good taste. And that would, that's what I would say, is yeah. like a lot of people just have bad taste. And, and maybe this can be your come to Jesus moment if you're listening to this and you're like, man, my films just don't look like this. Like, I think a big step for you would just be get on Spotify and go to some indie playlist and learn how to like good music. Listen Look to good music. If you are like, if I say to you, Kanye West is a genius, and your response is, his music is crap, Probably you won't know how to pick good music. And well, I'm not his, saying he's... His latest album is pretty crappy. <laughs> he makes... But he knows how to make good there's beats. There's always some person that says his music sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you like it. Yeah. I'm not telling you that you have to like these things. Like, you don't have to like Lord or of, of Monsters and Men yeah. or any of these people. You don't have to like it. Yeah. You have to just accept that other people do. Yeah. And that it's like it should inform your opinion of music. Yeah, you shouldn't be like just like picking songs that are like. I listen to a lot of like '90s emo, and like metal. That is not how I make my decisions about wedding filmmaking. Yeah, I make my decisions off wedding filmmaking based on what are my clients listening to, mm -hmm. and what will um. A little bit what will make them feel like they have their own private song mm -hmm. so like something that's not popular it's like their song after we give it to them but at the end of the day though you understand nuance and that's why you understand music because you can be like you can put yourself in the shoes of this couple and be like well they like dave matthews and john mary they probably like tim halperin or whatever yeah. and like i don't really i wouldn't listen to him but like this song is kind of nice for this moment and like if i'm editing to a certain song that I wouldn't listen to, I can still really get into it because I'm like, this is jiving with this film. It's just like, you feel it in your bones, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I would say, like, become just a more interesting person. I'll say it a million times. Well, watch like, movies. Watch like movies, take in art, understanding, like, why something works really well in certain situations and just finding a way to get your fingers on the pulse. Go do that. Go listen to music. Listen to Hans Zimmer. Like, yeah. Well, think of it this way. Hans get Zimmer. Get up. Like, people that create bad art can never get pumped up through yeah. other people's if art. If you're bored, you're boring. Yeah. Um, but 
Hans Zimmer, like he now includes like electronic elements. Yeah. In his music. Wow. Can I include? <laughs> it's not just cin- like, ooh, cinematic means violins. Yeah. It's like, what does cinematic mean now? Yeah. It's usually like a mixture of electronic, acoustic. Like, this is always morphing. I'll tell you this. If you can do something that's in like the collective zeitgeist of like what it means to be X, Y, or Z, a couple will probably love it mm-hmm. and it'll resonate with people. Like, yeah. and like, I don't think wedding films are the place to try to um, do something weird with music. Mm. Yeah. There are little times and places mm-hmm. where like I will include some weird things because it, I'm into it yeah. and it'll be like. Henry's doing some interesting Hans Zimmer tenant style you know, films. People are accustomed to that. Yeah. And they're okay with it. Like they wouldn't be okay with you just having like spoken word Mm -hmm. or or like something really weird. So I'm not encouraging people to get weird and do all this, but I will say if you look and you try to pay attention to culture, you can probably find something because you can probably get away with that. Just looking at the music bed on its own, Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't think. And the music bed has interesting music that you, if you know how to search. You can find more options out there. Yeah. I'll give you a music bag hat. Everyone out there, if you're on music bed or any of these search things, what, because I've sat with my editors, I'm like, here's how you find good songs. Don't click mood. Mm. The mood filter, eh. Even the genre filter, eh. Mm-hmm. The, the filter that's the best one is the attributes filter. Hmm. And that's the one where you can click on like driving. Mm. Retro, like the actual things you're trying to do, and then of course you work backwards from there. So you maybe yeah. put folk or whatever. A lot of people just click. Well, I like instruments because if I'm like instruments strings are good too. make you feel a certain. But like understanding instruments, like I'm I don't play a single instrument, but I know what's going to make me feel certain things. I know how violins are going to make me versus piano. Like if I'm hearing violins, it's much more like French Riviera. Like I'm gonna like it's a little bit more whimsical. Like, and then piano is going to be a lot more classy, maybe a little bit more sad, like, you know, a little bit more delicate sometimes. Like, there's all these, like... When do you want lyrics? When do you not yeah. want lyrics? Yep. Like, yep. like, a lot of this stuff is, like... I, we're saying, oh, it's not that complicated, audio, but then we're, like, recording a live event, <laughs> recording people's speeches, including ambient audio, including audio from things that weren't even there, recording voiceovers, recording yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Picking musics, how do you want to pick it? How do you, like, this is a big subject. Yeah. And, and, and I would just tell people, like. Get better. Just get better in <laughs> one area, though. Sure, sure. And understand, yeah, I think you're right. Understand that it's not just all going to happen in one film or two films. Like, I tell our team all the time, focus on one thing this wedding. Like, our assistants who are, I like, tell my three-year-old that. Okay, good. Yeah. People that are overwhelmed by, like. Camera, audio, gear, travel, schedule, all these things that go into a wedding day. Like, I'm like, dude, just focus on getting your levels right on the audio meter today. That's all. That's a success. If you can do that one thing today and understand it that much better today, success all the way around. I'm good enough so I can shoot all this by myself. Terribly peaked out audio. Yeah. And you don't have a horrible song. The truth is your couples are probably going to be happy. Now, given you're not going to reach the heights that you want to reach and so like there's like this two-part thing which is like will my client be happy will they 
will I create some piece of art that's going to make my next client happy, able to charge more? Sometimes you can make someone happy, but you miss the mark on the second one. The most important thing is to make your current client happy. Yep. And so if you're doing that and you're like listening, you're like, I don't do that. I don't do that. Fine. If you're happy where you are, but if you're thinking, I want to level up my audio um, and I want as an audio, as a storyteller to include more audio in my film, obviously it starts with recording it well and it starts with bringing enough gear. And I, and I know like people, there's all kinds of gear out there. You know, like we have a Mix Pre 3. I love the Mix Pre 3. It's a beautiful sounding recorder. I think it's the best sounding recorder and the most diverse. It's amazing. I don't think everyone needs to buy that. It's, it's going to cost you $1,000 when it's all said and done to rig it out. We record a lot of stuff on a Zoom H6. It's not a 32-bit float. It's just, it's nice. It's like a $400 recorder, um, and it's great. Just, just get the audio. It doesn't need to be perfect. Like, I, I think, like, a lot of people get really hung up on, if I buy this gear, then I won't ever peek out my audio. You can still peek out 32-bit float, by the way, just mm -hmm. so you know. Um, you still need to do some basic gain structure stuff correctly, but it doesn't need to be like this crazy thing. I think what's most important is that you have a plan and that you view audio as a part of your film and not just a thing you have to do. Yep, yep. I agree. Let's wrap this thing up. Yep. Um, guys, uh, at, when this episode comes out, um, it will be a Thursday. And then the following week, we are in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and if you are going to WPPI, make sure that you are signing up for the Wedding Film Speakeasy. You can sign up at, is it just WeddingFilmSpeakeasy.com? Of course it is. Of course it is. It's who are you easy. Talking to? It's so easy for you to get to. Of course Thank I'm you, Josh, our web developer, who just... <laughs> uh, adheres to all of our crazy ideas um if you haven't signed up there's still signups for that correct i'm not just speaking out of turn <sighs> getting close we're getting close to sold out okay. and so if you're on the fence um all i ask is that don't sign up if you're not gonna go <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's gonna be an amazing event it's gonna be an opportunity for you to uh see amazing filmmakers uh we have a bunch of sponsors in the i'll house. go through who, the list who, real who's quick gonna be there we got lumix we got music bed we got mediazilla we have Deity Microphones. We have Aperture Lights. We have Pond5, um, who's one of our partners on the channel. And we also have QNAP, who's helping us out with some stuff. And there's gonna be awesome grab bag stuff, some awesome stuff from Musicbed that they were nice enough to throw in there. Yep. And we're gonna be giving some Wedding Film School swag. Yep. Open bar, free food, live jazz. I mean, it's literally gonna be I was joking because I said this and I'm like, I don't think it's hyperbole, but also I don't think it's incredibly meaningful, which is it's going to be the most over the top party ever thrown for wedding filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like you're saying, it's not just uh, a way for us to get our sponsors out there. Uh, there is going to be a lot of free shit. So make sure you're there. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's awesome. Vegas is great. WPPI is great. Uh, we're also teaching a class on Sunday. Uh, no. Handheld class it's sold Monday. Okay, we're also uh, teaching a class on handheld filmmaking on Monday. That one's currently sold out, so you have to come next year. But then we're also teaching another class on Thursday. Uh, that's the second, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be on systems for your photo or video studio. Uh, so if you want to check it out, that's uh, you don't even need to sign up for really that one. At. You just go. Just show up. Okay. You just show up. Great. Great. Um, 
going to be awesome, guys. Hopefully, uh, we will see you there. Make sure you check us out in all the places, everywhere you can find podcasts, Spotify, etc., uh, as well as our Facebook group, Wedding Film School, and, of course, the YouTube channel, where you can find us every single week producing fantastic wedding film content. So, guys, hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully this is great. We'll see you on the next episode.